we welcome you back to another episode of Inside Boxing Live. It is your grandma's favorite boxing podcast because grandmas love Chris Algieri. Chris is coming to us from this undisclosed location. The guy's always on the move. I am in the CompuBox headquarters. I'm Dan Carabio. He, former world champion. You know that by now if you are a viewer and listener of this very program. Chris, how was your weekend, man? You've been all over the place. Yeah, all good, man. Um, no, I always say boxing never sleeps, and neither do we. Doesn't matter what city I'm in, what time of day it is, what time zone we uh, we get it in because people want to know what we have to say. A lot going on in the boxing world. Things are starting to heat up. This weekend was absolutely nuts. Uh, starting mm -hmm. with Thursday night, so uh, just like an onslaught of news uh, between this sixty million dollar offer that now I'm not sure even really existed from Samson Lukowitz to Canelo Alvarez to Javante Davis uh, and Frank Martin being uh, reportedly going down sometime in early summer uh, to the regular uh, boxing schedule that we saw this weekend. So we'll try to get to all of it. But before we do, this episode once again is brought to you by DraftKings. So you can get in on the action at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Um, it's the official sports betting partner of the NBA. My Knicks are struggling because they are not at full strength. Uh, but new customers who deposit $5 or more can get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 back in a bonus bet. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. You can use code IBL. New customers can get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 if your first bet loses. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code IBL. The crown is yours. If you have a gambling problem, you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY, or you can text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for a problem. Gambling, call 888-789-777, or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per customer issued as one bonus bet based on the amount initial losing bet bonus bets expire 168 days excuse me hours after issuance cdkng.com slash promos for deposit wagering eligibility restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources i feel like they added more onto this one it definitely got more. longer it got yeah. longer and and my lungs definitely are, got longer my lungs are doing still still doing fine so this is like the ultimate test to see how my lungs are doing is by reading that ridiculously large um DraftKings thing, but I did put some money on Berlanga knockout, and I I cashed in. I had a parlay going with the Nakatani decision, but he went and got rid of uh, Santiago. Uh, yeah, we'll get to that too. Oh man, we'll get to that too. We'll start with Berlanga. We'll work our way down from this weekend. Saturday yeah. night over in the Caribe Royale in Orlando, Edgar Berlanga stops Padraig McCrory for Berlanga. It's his first stoppage win since 2020. I think he desperately needed that. I saw some improvements. I saw some little, some tinkering. Uh, he was a little more patient when he did throw his jab. I thought it was really nice. He just didn't throw it enough. Uh, gets the stoppage, which he desperately needs. And then afterwards... Uh, it's all systems a, a go for uh, calling out Canelo. Eddie Hearn gets in the ring, calls out Canelo. Uh, Berlanga calls him out. They're, they're throwing the, the broadcast starts bringing it all up. But for Berlanga, I don't think he fooled anyone. The boxing fans out there are tough to fool. I, I think he desperately needed that for his his own psyche to get a stoppage. So a few good things in there, but ultimately I think he is just steps below even like the top ten at one sixty eight. Maybe I'm being a little harsh. 
No, I don't think you are. Um, you, listen, he's he's been showing improvement the last couple of fights, but honestly, McCrory was a lot worse than I expected. He, he didn't really bring much to the table. Uh, Berlanga, I mean, you're the copy box guy. How many punches did he throw? Two? <laughs> oh, Bob, was, Berlanga I, or McCrory? Berlanga. No, Berlanga. Oh, the first couple of rounds? No, the very first round. I don't think Oh, yeah, he, it was uh, like under 10 or something. It's wild. Um, you know, you said patient. He looked more hesitant to me, trying to set things up, trying to get his, his range, trying to trying to figure out. Really, I mean, with a guy like McCrory, the more rounds you go, the worse everybody looks because he just he did not bring anything to the table. In other fights, I'd seen him be really confident and throw that right hand with with uh, with with meaning and, and looking to do damage. Didn't see. Um, he looked like he was just waiting to see how hard Berlanga hit, regardless yeah. of how much he got hurt or not, and just every everything that touched him was like. He overreacted. So I, I don't know. Hey, when you got a guy like that, with a guy like Berlanga, who in the positions he's in, if he went out there and he put on a virtuoso performance and then came out there with a good sharp jab, you know, was able to cut McCrory down in, in a couple rounds, not let him land a thing, it'd be a different conversation. But like with that performance, starting really hesitant, not throwing a lot of punches early on, and then revving, ratcheting up as you go, and then, you know, just beating beating McCrory up. I don't know. It's it, like you said, the, the fight fans are not dumb. And I think it's going to be really tough to cram that fight down everyone's throat of Berlanga and Canelo right now. Yeah, that's that's just that's just not going to happen. That's just Eddie Hearn doing his job. That's just, um, if you're a top 10-ish 168-pounder right now and your promotion team and your manager isn't trying to get you a fight with Canelo right yeah. now who does not have a fight lined up or, 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 we, or so we think, then you're just not doing your job. So I totally expected that stuff from Hearn. Uh, the broadcast team... Um, you know, was saying if it's not Benavidez, then it's either going to be Mangia or Berlanga. So they were kind of pitting Mangia versus Berlanga. Who will offer up the better fight? It's no doubt uh, Mangia. I think Mangia is just is just light years ahead of Berlanga right now. For but McCrory, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind seeing Mangia Berlanga though. Yeah, I, think that's, I, I, I like that's yeah. way more acceptable to me. Um, yeah. I, I actually like that fight. That's the that's the fight to make. I mean, if it was perfect world, Canelo would be fighting Benavides and then Mangui would be fighting Berlanga, then the winners face off. But as we know, boxing's not not perfect. But as for McCrory, like I thought he was gonna be way slicker. He wasn't. Uh they were talking about his power in the lead up to the fight. I mean, he had nine knockouts in 18 fights, didn't have power. So it's hard to judge Berlanga over that. If anything, it was a confidence booster. It set up perfectly for what they wanted to set up, which was uh to call out Canelo uh afterwards. Saw some things from Berlanga, like some of those those things he kind of uh, retreats to like blatant elbows and you know hitting hitting low and stuff like that so he is not a finished product by by any means it would really it would cash in against canelo but it would be a very very ugly ugly type of fight um he's just not ready for for that type of fight um so that's what we saw on saturday night uh in the main event did you catch andy cruz in the co-main event oh, he's good i mean his opponent couldn't catch him i i do that he is something else i am super impressed the guy with three fights um i don't think he's lost a round yet as a pro and he's been fighting tough guys right out of the gate uh you know the the, the telecast about him being, oh, he could, you know do you think he could win a world title right now yeah absolutely I, I i truly do think he can um even in such a deep division um he is he's something special he's going to be around for a while he's going to be a problem at 135 for years to come but the thing with him it's like his his placement is so good his accuracy is amazing like he does have power last night he was fighting a guy that didn't really want to exchange so it's really hard to mm -hmm. to look good and you know, everyone yeah, but you him. saw him going forward he was fighting off the front foot and like right. putting pressure and throwing combinations and looking to make the fight 
right? And they make the act, which I think a lot of guys who are really defensive-mindedly first aren't able to do that. Cruz is showing other aspects to his game, different facets uh, to his style and what he's able to do. And I, I was impressed. I was very impressed. And everyone's like, oh, he didn't get this guy out of here. He should have stopped him and, and all that. But yeah, but listen, he's getting really good rounds and he's going mm -hmm. up against mm -hmm. these guys that have never been stopped before. And he still looked good. And, and obviously this is what we do in boxing. And didn't get hit. Didn't get hit. And this is what we do in boxing. This is what we do in the media is we try to pit him against someone out there and we build up to some mega fight that we can get in a few years. And that's Keyshawn Davis. They fought four times in the amateurs. Andy Cruz won all four. You know, Eddie Hearn is playing the game. He's, you know, engaging with Keyshawn Davis through all the interviews that Eddie Hearn does on, on a fight week. You know, Keyshawn Davis is smart. He's calling him out. I mean, that's the fight that fans are going to build towards. That's the fight they're going to constantly compare each other to. And to be honest, like, I don't think that that Cruz is that far ahead of Keyshawn Davis. Like, I think they have different styles. I think Keyshawn Davis fights more of a pro style, maybe sits down on his punches a little more. Look what he did to Pedraza. Whereas Andy Cruz is... Obviously comes from that amateur uh, Cuban style. Um, he's trying to fight on his front foot like we saw on Saturday night. That's what makes this fight fun. Styles make fights and backstories make fights. And I have no problem with building these two guys up till they eventually face off. Let's just hope that they do fight one day down the line, Keyshawn Davis and Andy Cruz. Yeah, I, I don't think Keyshawn Davis should look for that fight right now. I think it's oh. a really tough style. Um, and yeah, down the line potentially, but, uh, I, it's Andy Cruz is going to be a hard guy to beat, especially as he gets more experience, more professional rounds under his, under, under his belt. Um, you know, Keyshawn calling out a guy like Tiafimo Lopez. I think that's a good idea. I think, you know, go for, go for that kind of guy now. Um, and uh, yeah, Andy, Andy, I don't think just makes a lot of business sense to move on that early. Yeah, don't do that now. I mean, just way just too dangerous. Marinate, as our as the Bob father would say, and and let that build, and let them build off of each other's names, which is one of the best ways to promote. Like when I see Eddie Hearn, I'll put up Instagram. I see Eddie Hearn, you know, talking directly into the camera. Keyshawn Davis. If I'm Keyshawn Davis, I'm smiling ear to ear. Like Eddie Hearn is is mentioning my name, and, and vice versa. It's getting free press, man. It's beautiful out there. I know it's mm -hmm. a beautiful thing, and and that's fine. Let's highlight some of these. Uh, this next wave of 135 pounders, even though I believe Cruz can get in there with some of the top guys at uh, at 135, but it'll be a slow build, but it'll be a fun one, hopefully. Um, Saturday morning in Japan, Chris, you were on the call for top rank boxing. We saw some great Japanese boxing. I think Japanese boxing is having a renaissance right now. Junto Nakatani stole the show. He wasn't even the main event, but he stole the show. He stops Alejandro Santiago in the sixth round. He is now the WBC bantamweight champion. It was his first fight at Bantamweight, he's a three-division world champion. Chris, you called it a nearly flawless, what do we call it? Performance. Damn, I messed that up. Performance you called it a nearly flawless. <laughs> you called it a nearly flawless performance. My description was not flawless. It was awesome. Tell, tell us about it. I mean, that whole card was actually really good. And I, I, I agree with you. I think there is definitely a resurgence in Japanese boxing right now. I think a lot of that comes on the coattails of, of Nayo Inoue, who's bringing so much attention to, to, to the Eastern fighters and the Eastern style, the Japanese. Mm. Um, I mentioned a lot about the Japanese style, the, the kind of warrior mentality that they have. Inoue did a great interview where he said, you know, um, American fighters don't like to get hit. They don't have the Japanese warrior spirit. Right. And uh, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. These guys take risks. They get in there and they fight and they, you know, they, I feel like they weren't always knockout punchers and now they're starting to knock everybody out. I expected to, to call almost like a full card, you know, the other night. And then we had three knockouts, three out of four of the fights are knockouts.
strikeouts. Top to bottom was an excellent, excellent card. Um, but yes, Juto Nakatani, who I expected to steal the show, certainly stole the show. I did not expect him to dominate and dismantle Santiago. The way I was very impressed. You and I watched it live when Santiago beat our man Unito Donaire. Mm-hmm. Super, super impressive performance that night. Um, came on late really to pull it, pull the fight out of the fire where he had some shaky moments early on. Uh, with Nakatani, he never got a chance to get going. Never got a chance to get going. Nakatani is a freak for that weight class. 118 pounds, 5'7", 69.5-inch reach. We judges distance really, really well. Draws that line in the sand. As soon as you touch that critical distance line, he's firing that powerful left hand. Uses that lead hand as a... As a to disarm you and blind you and hit you with shots you, you don't see, which, which is exactly what hurt Santiago um, and put him away. Really, it was it was a left hand that he never recovered from that dropped him along the ropes. Uh, absolute perf- amazing performance, nearly flawless. He got hit in the second and third round with some punches he really shouldn't have. Um, he jumped the gun a little bit and then he went back to his style. But I really love what him and Rudy Hernandez are doing. Uh, and developing his style. I, I said he's a hybrid of that Eastern Japanese fundamental style with that Western flavor where he's got some of this, you know, smooth rhythmic movement. Uh, very, very impressive performance. Yeah. Coming off of that big knockout he had over uh, Andrew Maloney um, his two Oof. fights ago. Scary knockout. Right. So he gets that buzz going and that's a good thing. Knockout of the year. I think we had that and a lot of people do as well. And you just keep building on that, and you get you go to another weight class, and you dominate, and you get another stoppage, and that's just great things for for Nakatani. Like now you're seeing fans like, all right, this guy kind of belongs in the pound for pound discussion, and can we eventually see, um, can we eventually see Junto Nakatani with Naya in a way? We're already building towards that type of mega fight. That well, we I think you're jumping get. too many steps. There's there's a lot of good champions at bantamweight. For yeah, him I know. Do you, that's what I'm asking. Like he's a big dude, and and you're talking about um you know, how big he is for the weight. Like, do you think he'll settle in at 118? Or should he stay at 118 for a little bit? I think he should. And, you know, he could fight uh, Inouye's brother. I mean, that's a great storyline. And because he, he won in the main event uh, and became a champion or, excuse me, uh, defended the the belt at 118. So right there, there's a fight that can be easily made at 118 for Nakatani. It's against Takuma Inouye. Well, look at this. He's got so he knocked out. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm confusing the, the Maloney's. Sorry, guys. Uh, I love I love you guys, but uh, he, he knocked out Jason. Right, right. So there's Andrew Maloney, who's a champion at at that Bantam. I'll then you've up. got um, you've got Takuma Nakatani, who fought on, on the main event in that card, and he looked good uh, against a very tough uh, opposition. Mm-hmm. Um, showed some improved power. Got a knockout to the body. Impressive stuff. Showed great great ring IQ. And, and and boxing ability and boxing skill and then you got um what is it Man- dominguez i mean emmanuel rodriguez Sorry. the ibf champ he's an excellent fighter i know in a way destroyed him but he's an excellent excellent fighter so i would i think that's probably the toughest fight in the division for nakatani at this point um takuma i just don't think is physically strong enough i think he's gonna have a lot of trouble with the distance um jason is that you know there's a there's a storyline there obviously he knocked out his brother in a fight a year uh, now you're in my way class i'm a world champion it's a revenge type setup uh i think nakatani would be better served to hang out at 118 for a bit all those belts get all those big fights make a bunch of money with all those guys then he's got the storyline of i beat takuma in a way yeah what's up What's up, Noya? No, yeah. Like, that's a great storyline. And now yeah, I'm that's... coming up. I'm undisputed at 118. I collected all the belts you left behind. I beat your brother. What's up? 2025, love New it. Year's Eve. Like, they, they love to put those fights on New Year's Eve in Japan. We're talking like a Japanese Super Bowl. Nakatani mm-hmm. versus Inoue. Um, that would be huge. Tokyo Dome. 
but you have to let it marinate. You have to let it percolate. And there's some good fights for Nakatani. He, he's got uh, he's got to he's got to he's got to beat those other champions. Right, that Jason Maloney. Make as much sense until then. Right, Jason Maloney yeah. is the WBO. Uh, Manuel Rodriguez is the IBF. Um, Nakatani is the WBC, and that's that. In one eighteen, in the yeah, Tacoma in the WBA, way. right? Right, is the WBA, and he's uh yeah. towards the bottom, but uh he has one loss, but he's taken over. I like every loss. one of those fights. I like every one of them. With, right, there's no Nakatani. need to rush. I also, I also pick Nakatani to win all those fights. There's no need to rush an in a way Nakatani fight, but just like we talked about with like um Cruz and Keyshawn Davis, like these are perfectly fine fights to build up to and get excited about. And uh, Japanese boxing is just unbelievable. You got Inoue, Junto Nakatani, Kazuto Ayoka, uh, Kosei Tanaka, uh, Kenshiro Taraji. Um, you got uh, Takuma Inoue. It's just a great time in the sport. I feel like the, the fans over there are, are are loving it because Inoue doesn't have to come to the States. He can, and he said it himself, like there's something of a renaissance going down right now in Japan. And, uh, you know, why do, why do I have to go over to the United States to fight when I can, when the fans are, want to come here and there's money? No, American fighters are going over there because that, that's where the money is. And, and you're mm-hmm. seeing that, you know, that card, they were setting up all the Japanese fighters with, uh, with uh, Filipino fighters, with Mexican fighters. They know they're great matchups. They know they come to fight. They love warriors. They like guys who want to fight. Um, I appreciate that part. And then, you know, so you want to make money, bring over Americans. And then, you know, that's... Uh, I, I think the crowds are better there for the smaller fighters. They can do, they can be in main events. You know, it was a very small card. If you, think, if you look at everybody, on the way, all the weight yeah. classes that were on the card, um, they, yeah, they're, they're doing it right. And they're, they're, they're bringing new life and energy into these smaller weight classes, which don't get the shine they deserve over here and never have. Um, not sure Americans like everything bigger, better, you know, faster, whatever. But um, over there, they've cultivated a great understanding of the sport and they're giving a lot of respect to these smaller guys. And I'm, I'm here for it because Hell in yeah. terms of technique and speed um, and endurance and, and durability, I think the lighter weights are, are more exciting. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're a fan, like if you're a boxing fan now, your eyes are open to the smaller weights. And a reason for that was a big pioneer is Chocolatito. Did you catch this headline over yep. the weekend? Chocolatito, who hasn't fought since 2022. Uh, Roman Gonzalez says he's moving to bantamweight. So, I mean... He's obviously towards the way end of his career, and he hasn't yeah. fought in almost two years. But yeah, he's still a name. You throw him in there with some of these names. It's like an old WWE thing. You you bring in the 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 popular old vet to put these young guys over. I wouldn't want to see that happen to Chocolatino. Um, no, but you know he he is saying that he wants to fight again at bantamweight. So that's another name that you can toss into the fray there. His career has ended like three times. And he's, <laughs> he's he's like he's like a phoenix rising he's out of the flames. He's resurrecting the ashes. Yeah, just the resurrected Chocolatito is 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 reaching God status at this point. His <laughs> uh, I don't mind. I, I, I would love to get see these big wins again. with these younger guys. Yeah, I don't want to see him hurt. Though. I would too. I just I just hope that that he yeah like, exactly. I I just hope that you know he's he's still on the level. Huh. Um, let's get over to the higher higher weights. David Benavides. Okay, on Thursday. Kind of shook up the boxing world. We're waiting for him to fight Canelo. What's going on with these offers? What do we got here? And then this comes along. David Benavidez moving to 175 pounds to fight Alexander Vatsik in June for an interim WBC title, which would put Benavidez as the mandatory to either better BF or Bivol. Uh, he would also be the mandatory at 168, which WBC says in March that they were going to officially make him Canelo's WBC mandatory at 168. So Benavidez in a power move says, I'll go to 175 and fight Vodzik and become number one at WBC at 175 while also simultaneously being 
the mandatory at 168. I mean, this is a crazy move. I like it. Um, how do you feel about it? Because I think it just goes in line with kind of what Benavides has been doing the last 18, 24 months is like pushing the envelope, taking on fights, waiting for Canelo, still wanting Canelo. I think it's a great move. I think it really sets himself up for pretty much anything. I love this type of energy from David Benavides. I mean, he's a warrior. He wants to fight everybody. He's he's so hungry. He's young. He's talented. He's at the top of the division. I truly believe that he has the ability, the 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 star power to be this the the face of boxing in the future. I think I think after Canelo, I think Benavides. There's gonna be there's gonna be a vacuum created. And there's gonna be a lot of guys trying to take on take on that status. I think David Benavides. David Benavides could be that guy. I think he could step into that that throne position and take over boxing. He is that good. Uh, he is that talented. I, I love him on the mic. I love I love the moves that they're making business wise. This is this is a ballsy move, man. I'm gonna go up a weight class. I'm gonna I'm gonna get a big fight with a name that everyone everyone's heard of. Everybody remembers. It's gonna put me in line to fight the winner of some of the most you know div, uh, of some of the most uh, avoided guys in the mm -hmm. world. Some of the most dangerous fighters around. Uh, I I love this move. Just like you said, yeah, I, I agree. This is this is a phenomenal phenomenal move. Um, and I think it's also a way to bait. Canelo. I don't think they're leaving Canelo in the rear view. This is no. this is a way for them to go up to 175, uh, take on a guy who has name recognition, but at the same time, I don't really think belongs at the level with a guy like David Benavidez. He was off for like four years. Bodzik? He's had yeah, he's, yeah, he's had, gonna get smoked. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he's got a great record. And, you know, it's gonna like for for fans, it's gonna pass the eye test. He's got a great former world champion. He's 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 got the look, but not being at that high level and having a young, hungry machine like David Benavides in front of you, that's that's all bad for Vostek. Yeah, it's a great move, and, and it's a contingency plan because there are some yeah. details in this plan where this is he'll only go to 175 if he does not fight Canelo in May, and it's certainly looking like he's not going to fight Canelo in May. So he'll go up to 175, and he'll, he'll most likely beat Vostek, who'll be a heavy favorite. But he says he'll still... Go down to 168, potentially fight Canelo in September or or down the line. Um, it would have to be September because then you're looking at a guy that hope that should have been at 175 years ago. And if this gets dragged out and he's at 175, and then eventually he fights Canelo at 168 in like a year from now, I would, I would hate for that to be the case. Like that wouldn't be a, a great moment. But I like Benavidez what he's doing here. On top of it, there was this 60 million dollar offer. That came uh, from Samskin Lukowitz, a tweet saying, what did you say? Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. But the tweet has since been deleted because Samson Lukowitz says that PBC has upped their offer at $60 million or $55 million and an extra $5 million kicked in from the Mexican network to $60 million. Al Heyman, he mentions. He mentions PBC. And then... It gets deleted. Uh, someone I I would believe someone at PBC is like, what 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 are you doing here? What are you like, doing, bro? <laughs> it does not. It's not a great look from Samson Lukowitz to delete it afterwards. Like, to, and also to to name PBC in there and kind of put the pressure on Canelo. Kind of you know, I wouldn't say throw PBC under the bus, but like lump them in in this kind of last ditch effort uh, to make the fight. So that was what was all going on on Thursday. But I don't know if you caught this. Eddie Reynoso did an interview with ESPN uh, Mexico. Uh, and he said some interesting quotes. And there's a lot of people out there that are responding to some of the uh, clips we put out and, and just some of the things saying, has Canelo flat out said that he won't fight Benavides? I don't think Canelo hasn't said that, but 
the actions of his team aren't, they're not moving like they want to see Benavidez anytime soon. And these quotes illustrate that even more. Um, this is from Eddie Reynoso. The fight with Benavidez may take a while or may never happen, but it depends on many things. There were fights that never took place. Lennox Lewis and Riddick Bowe. Julio Cesar Chavez and Terry Norris, Eric Morales and Juan Manuel Marquez. And none of them, and none of them stopped going to the Hall of Fame for that. They were given other fights, um, and although they took time, ended up being made, like that of Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao. Among the fighters, there is no fear. We just hope that the conditions are met to face Benavides. That's not what fans want to hear. Don't bring up Riddick Bowe and no. Lennox Lewis. I mean, that's like that's 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 the fight that just slipped away. Like well, what are these demands that they're asking for? And that just, I just don't like those quotes whatsoever. I don't understand what the demands could be. Like, are we talking about weight stuff? They're in the same weight class. It's not like he's moving up in weight and it has to be like a rehydration or anything like that. Um, what are these stipulations? This should be a level, play, level playing field. It's, you know, it's, it's got to be money. One, number one contender. Listen, I don't think Benavides is trying to price himself out it's of his not. position. No. So, what, what, what are these demands? And we're not getting any details and they're keeping it all cryptic. Um, which has been really annoying me lately. All these cryptic <laughs> messages. Oh, we've got an announcement to make an announcement about something that fight fans don't care about. And yet he doesn't have a fight, a fighter yet. He doesn't have an opponent. And we're two months out from a massive, massive fight, massive part of the year. I, it's very aggravating the way that they're moving. I don't like it as opposed to what I'm saying about Benavides moving because he's moving like a fighter. And, you know, when fighters start moving like businessmen, I don't like it. I don't. I don't like it. I want. I want these guys to be warriors. I want them to fight each other. Um, and Canelo has been a warrior for for all of his career. But you know, that, I, these moves are are very very curious to me. It's interesting because I I you know I get in the weeds with all this stuff and I'm like oh I kind of like this stuff. I like the 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 messages and I like the drama and I like building it all up. But like at this point, it's starting to get a little frustrating with Canelo. Like come on man, just announce the fight. Uh, and let's move on and let's plan out the year so we can have a great boxing year and we can all make our our uh, our, our picks and, and all that good stuff. But going back to Benavides, the 175, like this is a weight that I feel like he's been flirting with for a long time. Like someone asked me, like, who would you give him a better chance against uh, David Benavides versus, uh, excuse me. Yeah, that's the question. Who would you give David Benavides a better chance against Dimitri Bivol or Arthur Benavides? Oh boy, um, tough one. That's a tough one. They're both really tough fights. Um, I think I think Bivol's diff a difficult style for anyone. You know his ability to that in and out with the jab and the kind of the, those looping funny punches that he throws. Um, he doesn't take as many risks, so he's a hard guy to get a win against. Um, he's a hard guy to hit, and better Bev, who's there to be hit. He's just to get close enough to hit him. You gotta you gotta step into his power zone, and the guy's power is is insane. So it, it's two very starkly different styles, and and the ability to you know overcome them. You know, with with David Benavidez and, and Better Biev, it's going to be Better Biev's power versus Benavidez's um, will and his and his combination punching and his pressure and his pace. And then with Bivol, he's very good at controlling pace. If he's able to control the pace and keep Benavidez's output low, yeah, that's a really hard fight. I totally agree. So I think actually for fight. I totally agree. I, I someone asked me, I did like an impromptu live stream after all this news, and I was like, you know what? Like, I just think, I think he can beat better be of easier than Bivol. Not not that it's like picking one or the other. This is like a really tough thing to do, yeah. but 
He would fight fire with fire. He could against... lose to both. Like right. he could, yeah, we're not saying he beats both of them outright. He could fight fire with fire against Better Bev, and I, I could just see them getting into like a firefight, and just you know Benavides can can catch him with Bivol. Like there's so many tricks with the defense, and like you said, the jab, and like he can just offset Benavides' entire rhythm. And Benavides is a rhythm boxer. Once he gets that engine going, and he's throwing 75 to 80 punches around, it's really hard to stop. And I think Bivol is more likely to slow down that engine where. Better be of it. That's that I can see that turning into somewhat of a, a shootout in the fourth or fifth round. Love it. I mean, I really hope this happens at 175. I mean, I'm getting excited for that now. Um, that's exciting, but that's what's going on at 175. Some other news, Chris. We'll end with this. Javonta Davis is back in the ring late spring, early summer. He's fighting Frank Martin. This will be for Javonta Davis's full WBA title. It's his first fight. Uh, since knocking out Ryan Garcia, had some legal issues at the end of 2023 that prevented him from getting into the ring. I really like this fight. I think Frank is a top seven, top eight uh, lightweight. I think Javante Davis is obviously Javante Davis. Fun fight. I think this is a good one. Yeah, I mean, it's not one of the names that we really want, but I this is a very acceptable fight. And I think Frank Martin, who he's impressed me in in his recent outing fight, he didn't he didn't have a great night out. Um, but still he's, he's been very impressive. Anybody can have an off night. That could have been an off night. It could have been the opponent was, is way better than we give him credit for, which I do like that's part of it as well. Um, but no, I like this fight. The problem is both these guys are so inactive. I don't understand how these young fighters don't get fights. I mean, Davis, you, you mentioned, you know, um, tank, you mentioned the, the, the legal issues outside of the ring. Where's Frank Martin been? Well, turning down why, fights. Why, why has he not been active? He, by the, yeah, but the, I don't, that's, I don't like that. That's, you but, know, I, I, again, when fighters this. are acting like businessmen and not warriors. Let me ask you this. You've you've turned down fights. You've accepted fights. Um, you've had to make those, those types of decisions. I said that Frank Martin ultimately made the right decision turning down that Shakur fight if he knew and his team assured him, and I think they did, that a Javante Davis fight would happen in a couple months after that. I think this is ultimately a, a, yeah, it, a good move for Martin. Definitely Martin's a better Martin. matchup for Martin to fight Davis than than to Shakur. I think stylistically, yeah, there is much better. Um, but dude, the inactivity is no good. I've never turned down a fight and didn't fight at all. I turned down a fight to fight somebody else. I had options you know, for this guy, this guy, and I, I chose. And that's where I, you know, business mind came in. But I still fought. These guys don't have an opportunity to fight, and then they don't, and they wait it out, um, and then you end up waiting and waiting and waiting because you never know what can happen in between. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, if if you look at what 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 fight is actually what we're getting, it's a good fight. I, I like it. I mean, a southpaw. I don't. I feel like um, uh, Tank hasn't seen like a tactical southpaw with power that Martin has. Um, Martin obviously hasn't seen anyone like uh, Javante Davis. But I think for for Tank and Frank, which I think should be the hashtag for this fight. I hope it's Tank Frank. Tank versus Frank. Tank Frank. Yeah. It's, it's perfect. Frank the Tank. Frank the Tank. Like I hope they they, they if, do if, that. If Frank Martin wins, he should adopt the name Frank the Tank. I am Frank the Tank. I took down Tank, but um, you got Tank fighting Frank, and then you got Ryan fighting um, Devin, Devin. Even though they're at different weight classes, but they're all around the same same area. But they're all these guys are knocking each other up. So uh, Javante beats Frank Martin, and Devin Haney beats Ryan Garcia. That fight's going to come into focus a lot more. They're going to really be pushing uh, Javante Davis to fight Devin Haney, maybe at 140 pounds. You know, get Shakur in the mix, get Tiafimo in the mix. I like it. I mean, there's there we were worried about Javante potentially fighting like Gary Antoine Russell or Jose Valenzuela. Like, those aren't fights that we should be 
get in there with, with Tank. Frank Martin is a perfectly fine fight. It's a it's a top two top guys at, at lightweight. It'll be a fun buildup and should be a fun fight stylistically. You know, if you think about Frank as a southpaw. I agree. I, I again, I, I like this fight. Um, I think timing wise is good, and you know, Frank Martin. You know, Frank Martin's good. I, I need him to be active though. I want to see him more. And, and you mentioned those, you know, those four fights, uh, those four fighters that could be fighting each other. Even the losers could fight. You know, you could see Frank and Ryan together. Um, you know, Javante and Haney. You know, a lot of good matchups. We just need to get them in the ring together. Yeah, that's right. And activity is the, the main thing. I just pulled up uh, as we record this. Today's the. Uh, on this day, Frank Bruno fought Mike Tyson. And Mike Tyson had been out of the ring for eight months, and the boxing world was up in arms. Oh, my God, eight months? That's such a long layoff. And during that layoff, Tyson um, <laughs> got to that street fight with Mitch Blood Green where he thought he killed him. Um, messy divorce with Robin Givens, uh, fired Kevin Rooney as his trainer, and had all sorts. It got into a car accident and was uh, left unconscious and had a... Re- one the beginning of many money disputes with Don King all in an eight month span. And the whole boxing world from like what I was reading was up in arms because Tyson wasn't in the ring in eight months, like eight months. Eight that's, months. that's nothing. That's now, par for, that's par for the course. Now your guys sitting out for years. I, I don't want to be BBC the, fighters. Is, it's once a year. I don't want to be the guy is... on a soapbox right now, but inactivity is killing is killing the sport, but let's, let's hope these guys get in, in the ring. Um, wow. That's everything I got. That was a nice tidy episode, Chris. That was a nice Sunday tidy episode. I'm going to go watch the Yanks, their first spring nice. training game. Um, I, let's get you home. Nice, safe and sound. What else we got going on this week? Uh, what do we got in the, I feel like we're heading into March, which is crazy. We're almost close to, uh, Fury, not Fury, Nganu Joshua. We'll have to get our guy, Ariel Hawani back on the show. Yeah, we got um we got Pro Box this week. We had a nice fight, Justin Paldo mm. versus uh Miguel Madueno. Madueno. Very, very, very good matchup. Two very tough, very tough guys. I think they, they only have a couple losses between the two of them, but they're they're gonna bring it. And then yeah, again, just getting getting ready for the next couple of weeks and months. Boxing is gonna be rolling, man. We're we're gonna be yeah. we're gonna be stepping for the next couple months. Yeah, we got some big plans for you guys. We'll, we'll let you know very soon. I'm heading big announcements. To, big announcements. I'm heading to Puerto Rico. Um, this weekend, the call Amanda Serrano versus Nina Mikey. Um, that's the main event. 20,000 they're expecting at the Coliseum in Puerto nice. Rico. Uh, I'll be on the call alongside Todd Grisham, Gabe Rosado. Uh, Ariel Holwani will be at the desk with Wade Plem. I love calling fights. It's really fun. And being in Puerto Rico for that event is going to be nuts. Jake Paul is fighting on the uh, co-main event versus Ryan Borland. <laughs> and I talked to Ryan Borland on Zoom. And 17 and two, uh, better than Jake Paul's last opponent, Andre August. And this guy, Borland, comes from a small town in North Dakota. And I was like, hey, man, has any, have you been getting a lot of attention? You know, when you go into 7-Eleven or you go into the stores and you go to work, like people are like, oh, my God, you're fighting Jake Paul. He's like, nah. He's like, no one really knows. <laughs> I just yeah. go to the gym. I go to the gym. I go to work. And I go, I'm like, dude, have you thought about, like, beating Jake Paul, how your life would change? He's like, not really. Just going to you know, go back to work. I'm like, oh, my God, that's crazy. So that guy's that's awesome. this guy's awesome. North North Dakota. North Dakota guy, like, you know, out there on the oil rigs and stuff. And like now he's fighting Jake Paul. And so that's the scene over in Puerto Rico. So we have you covered all week long. Chris, get home safe. And uh, yes, let's sir. do it again later in the week. Protect yourself at all times. Keep your hands up at all times. Good night, everybody.